When you hear the phrase, soft as steel, what do you think of? While the word steel might conjure up images such as massive high-rise buildings, where does the soft part come in? And what exactly does this mean in our work and in our lives? Welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran, featuring engaging conversations with a wide range of industry leaders around soft skills, how we practice love, inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran. I'm really looking forward to the conversation I'm about to have with my guest, Manny Carrillo. In mostly Manny's own words, with over 33 years of experience as a Carpenter Union member and working for Kiwit, one of the major contracting companies in, in the United States and globally as well, coupled with his role as an executive board member for the Northern California Carpenters Regional Council, he has gained a deep understanding of the challenges faced by construction workers. This extensive background has not only honed his technical skills, but has also cultivated a strong sense of empathy towards his fellow workers. Manny is the founder and inventor of the Safety Anchor Post. He founded a company in 2013 to develop, bring to market, and successfully build a business around this innovative product. It is a system that provides secure anchoring solutions for workers operating at heights, minimizing the risk of falls and accidents. By utilizing his soft skills, notice I emphasize soft skills, such as empathy and effective communication, he has been able to promote the adoption of this system among construction companies and workers. Manny, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the Soft to Steel podcast. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks for inviting me. So that's a pretty impressive set of words. I think already people, as they listen to this podcast, they're going to be anxious to hear more. One of the things that drew me to you, obviously, we just connected through the efforts of my virtual assistant, just harvesting people for me to meet on LinkedIn. And that's how you and I first met. So sometimes I may know my guest a lot. I may have known him over years. In your case, we just met. But I like everything about you. Most importantly, I like that you have a tremendous amount of experience, that you understand our industry very well. You understand from your experience being in unionized construction, which is in most ways, it doesn't matter whether it's union, non-union, but there are you know, some aspects of that environment that differentiate it. And you have a lot of experience, part of the local, if you will, the local governance of a major union, probably one of the most significant unions in the construction industry. So you have all that, but you also found time to think about and come up with something which truly is a very innovative solution to help to make job sites, particularly jobs at height, safer. Am I on the right track so far? Yes, you are. You're right on right. key. Okay. So, but here's the thing that makes you so interesting to me. As I read through your entire profile, as we had our conversation a bit ago, for you, it's not simply the idea that you created a technical solution, a system. It's what motivated you to do it. It's what motivates you to continue to promote it. It's what motivates how you deal with the people that you come in contact with every day. And that is by appreciating them as people that deserve your help, your solution to the benefit of their safety in the workplace. So a big part of how you promote your system is really talking about people. Am I on the right track? Dennis, you're right on key. 
right from the beginning, ever since I entered the trades, for me, it was a path to understanding how business structure is put together from the people all the way from the top, all the way to the end user. And for me, it was a heartwarming experience because I got to see people through my 33-year career go from a nobody, in lack of words, to a project manager, to people that start their own companies. And yes, we all branch out in different directions based on our level of skill and who we meet, who's our mentor, and what we learn through the process of being a journeyman. Mm-hmm. And so on the same path, I became aware of the term safety. You know, when you're the first generation to get into this construction industry, an industry that is led by big companies, big projects, infrastructure, you are a novice. And unless you believe in it, unless you fall right on track, unless you follow that direction, unless you get the mentor, it's really easy to bypass those individuals. And so for that reason, I fell attached to it. And when I became involved working for Kiwit, to me, it was never forced into me. It was an introduction. I saw the value. I saw the mentorship. And from there, I took it upon myself to integrate what the union did for me as far as training, how the contractors saw the relationship with the union. And that's when I became more involved into uh, the, the, how the unit is integrated with, with the crafts. Mm-hmm. And so I approach union officials like, how do I move up? How do I get more training? And in the same uh, uh, message, it became evident to me that a lot of the union members, they don't follow that path. You know, they come in, they pay their union dues, they do the training, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But there's so much to it. And to me, this is where I see a downfall. And so to me, it was important to see the mechanics from, from the, uh, the applicator because I am the applicator, I'm the one that's actually putting the building together, Mm -hmm. to the safety meetings, the union meetings, to understand what are people's concerns. So I became became quite involved with people. They will ask me, why do you work for Kiwi? What about them? Well, they're big. They get on some of the uh, high-profile projects, Mm -hmm. and their safety was just unmatchable because I have worked for other contractors but as you go through the path of construction, you're going to find your niche. You, people don't run away and quit projects. They're pushed away from projects. Because if you are not catered to your needs, you have to, you have to know when to decide when to move and when to move up. Mm-hmm. Just like with a company, uh, if you want to be a superintendent, you ask for the training. Because whatever skill sets you have from your previous employers may not be up to part to this new contractor. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in the industry, we build the same, we have the same standards, the same technical training, but each company is run different. And that's why I felt that I needed to do a little more. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your, uh, your innovation, your invention. Tell us the story. Uh, tell, our, tell our listeners how, how it came about. Um, 
and uh, and what the journey's been like, uh, what the good things that have happened on this on this journey, things that were challenges or obstacles, uh, and where where you are today with uh, with SAPS. Great. So uh, the journey began um, again because I I did two thirds of my time in construction with Kiwit. I also asked Kiwit to how do I move up, and they took me through the process of a uh, of not just letting me be the 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 the, uh, the general foreman, not just the worker, but to learn the practices. And when I learned the practices, I mastered them. And there was a period of time where work was slow, but Kiwit didn't want to lose me. So internally, they made phone calls to some other other uh, connections, and I was basically loaned to another company. And I went to go work on a high-rise. When I arrived at the high-rise, uh, it was a, a structural steel building in Sacramento. And right off the back, I was uh, told that because I have a solid background from Kiwit and safety, one of my jobs would be uh, at the commencement of the day to walk the entire building up to whatever floor we were on and check the perimeter, check all the leading-edge guardrails so that uh, when the workers come up through the elevators and they have to go to do their particular task, the guardrail's safe. Mm-hmm. Inspect everything prior to using. Well, on a particular day, uh, I had an apprentice working with me because we had to cover so much ground that this individual, um, I asked him to tie off. He was an apprentice. I said, I need you to tie off at all times because you've never done this. I needed to be tied off too. But you, you, you take the responsibility that everything is intact. You're just checking it. Why not? In a particular guardrail system, the, the slab grabber, what is known in the industry, my apprentice was uh, adjusting one of them. And it just so happens that as he's adjusting it with a crescent wrench, there's a bolt on the top. The bottom jaw of the uh, slab grabber came down 17 stories. And that was quite a frightening experience because I'm in one area, my apprentice is in another, and I hear a call. Manny, Manny, help me, help me, help me. And my apprentice is hanging, uh, I say about a third of his body outside the building, holding this guardrail, hoping it doesn't go any further. I dragged him inside the building, and this individual never worked in construction again. So, of course, there needs to be an investigation, and the company did their due diligence, called the manufacturer, see what went wrong. Well, uh, to take the, 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 uh, the story further, um, it was discovered that the, the coal rod does internally, there's no way to inspect it. It's just a design flaw. With rain, the rain trickles down internally, and it corroded the coal rod. So I asked myself, is this a once-in-a-lifetime experience, or is this a, a reoccurrence? Well, with my influence with the union, at that time I was a vice president of the union, I took on the floor and I decided to post the question to the members at the meeting. Do you guys experience this on a regular basis? Is it a, a one-time reoccurrence or what? Well, to my uh, findings, it was a reoccurring experience. I took it to the next level. I took it to other contractors that I previously worked for, and I asked them, does this ever happen to you? And hands went up. So I reached out to my wife really quickly, and I said, listen, I think we need to do something about this. 
So we hired a patent attorney and kind of did a, a review, see if, if it was available, such technology. So once the technology was uh, available, never discover, it's time to go to work. So I took it upon myself to uh, figure out why do we still use the slap grabber? You know, it's been in use for over 50 years. And the difficulty in it was how do you make a surface thread mount guardrail system that will be inbound, meaning away from the edge? And that will solve two issues. One, not everybody has those nerves of steel to go install those guardrails at the leading edge. If you do it inbound, you have uh, uh, less of a chance of somebody either dropping it or fall, then themselves falling. So uh, I did like every entrepreneur, went to my local uh, hardware store, bought some pipe, uh, put it together in the garage, and pitched it to the, to the, to the job sites. I said, do you, do you see a value in this? And they said, yes. Do you have a patent for it? No. So uh, I reached back to my old buddies at Keywood and I asked them, listen, I have this great idea. I pitched it around and it works. So can you recommend an engineering firm? And one of the challenges when you start a company, a new product, is you don't know what it's going to cost. You don't know all the steps that are required. I thought I could just make it, go to a local shop and make it. Absolutely not. Keywood, uh recommended one of their engineering firms. And I was advised from the beginning, it wasn't going to be cheap. But as a carpenter, one of the ways you get ahead in life with your earnings, you should buy real estate. And I bought real estate. And I cashed in my real estate for uh, money to buy a patent, uh, research and development, engineering, uh, prototyping and testing. And let me tell you, it's very, very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. Once that, that was achieved, then we started showing it to companies. My first year, I went to the World Concrete. You know, I didn't know what, what I was doing, but I was like every entrepreneur, full of energy, full of enthusiasm, and, and there wasn't a single doubt in my mind that I could do it. And sure enough, uh, on the first day of the show, 3M shows up with about 30 or 40 engineers. They want to know. How did the idea come about? What am I going to do with it? And it wasn't just 3M. It was Honeywell. All the, all the players come, come by. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. people that uh, visit the trade shows, they know who are the regulars. They know who are the newcomers. They know who's bringing the new technology. Mm -hmm. But I was not known. I didn't know how to market it. I just bought my space at World of Concrete and put it out there. Sure, we had over 500 people all excited that we had this technology. Mm -hmm. But remember, it's never been sold. There's no testaments. There's no write-ups on it. And those are the challenges. Even though you have the, the newest mousetrap, it hasn't cut a mouse yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so those are some of the challenges. So yeah. where, where are we now with it? So we're right now in, in about, I believe, 14 states now and mm -hmm. sold to Canada. One of the, 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 the things that I learned along the way was don't do it on your own. You have to build a team. And the team was build a relationship with the, with the engineer. Mm -hmm. Build a relationship with, with the welders that are putting it together because you may need 52 inches of welding for that unit, 
but we could do it with less. If you're going to go into production, you need to learn all this and you need to know how to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. And for me, the experience that the union taught me, public speaking, not to be afraid, ask the questions, move up. I was prepared to take uh, on the on the asking of the questions. Mm-hmm. And yes, the very first year at World of Concrete, we didn't sell a single dollar. People do, again, you, 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 and other people may hear this over and over and over again. Someone will tell you, you're the wrong person. You'll never make it. Mm. But again, that is the fuel that, that, that keeps everybody going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to prove you wrong. The second year, uh, we had a single purchase order for half a million dollars going to, to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. The third, the second contractor that came after that asked for the validation. We had the validation. We had people to to write on my behalf because they believe in me. They want to see the technology move up. Mm-hmm. And from then on, it was going to Amazon, Google, Expedia, all the major players. What are the challenges now? The challenges are how do you scale the business? Because there are people that want to buy the patents. But again, every entrepreneur has a vision. And the vision is, do you want to scale it? Do you want to sell the patents? Do you want to license them? And again, I'm, I'm a, I consider myself a craftsperson. All these decisions need to be made methodically. You have to have consultants. You have to talk to CPAs. You have to talk to lawyers. You need to make all those right moves. Mm-hmm. Am I getting closer? Am I going to scale it? faster am i going to sell it it's all in the air right now i'm having so much fun meeting people solving the need that's why i appreciate meeting those people that come to those shows and extend their their handshake the conversation uh thank you for improving the industry and to me that's everything mm-hmm. i've made my point i've made my victory i'm mm-hmm. there Mm-hmm. So, yes, it is possible, and yes, it is. It's challenging, but now um, where I focus my attention, I want to be the example. I want other people that came or are coming through the trades to take it to the next level. And what is the the, the correct way? But by me making myself available. Yes, I sell the product. And I meet people that need training. I meet buyers. I meet, I meet engineers. And I always make myself available. I do the 90-degree turn. And I go on the, on the actual floor where they're working on. And I go introduce myself to the workers. And, you know, people think that you're just some dressy guy because you're walking with their boss. But it's not like that. This is what I what I always wanted to reach out and shake somebody that looks like me did what I did. And I'm, I'm on your team. So if Mm -hmm. I'm on your team, hopefully I can change your mind to believe like me, that safety should never be forced upon you. You should want it because you value going home Mm -hmm. because everybody there has a story. They've seen something, they heard something. And either they they don't like it, and a lot of them just don't know how to move up, how to speak up. So 
when I heard what you do, the soft skills, I'm like, wow, there is a way. And it's those communication skills. And I, I hope that some of the, uh, your audience are like me, Hispanic, mm-hmm. and see that they don't need to stay behind the line. They need to come up in the front because they are the eyes of the company. They, they spearhead so much. And to me, uh, companies often have chaos. And the chaos is because there's lack of communication. And to me, the lack of communication comes from the, the end user, the craftsperson, and doesn't need to be a carpenter. It could be a glazer, could be a welder. Mm-hmm. If you don't bring them to the table, you'll never hear from the horse's mouth what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I hope that people take the leap of faith and get out there and raise the hand on those safety meetings, those monthly meetings, those quarterly meetings, those those uh, uh, Monday morning meetings, and answer answer the call. Because one of the things that I learned along the way was, if you don't make the con the contractor profitable, they will leave. Mm-hmm. If they leave the area, you don't have a job. So it's a three sixty. We all need to take care of each other. There's heavy investment from the community. There's heavy investment from the unions. There's heavy investment even from the non-unions. I have to give them the credit because there are areas in this country where it's kind of rural and the big contractors don't want to go there because it's too expensive, whatever the reason. But buildings go up every single day of our of my life. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I'm in hopes that People raise their hands. That is the biggest challenge for me. Your story is uh, is inspiring. Um, I have questions. If you had, if someone were to say, you know, Manny, you know, what what's what's been motivating you from the time you first got this idea to today uh, to continue to pursue it, to continue to work hard at it, to continue to get more people to understand why it's worthwhile, why it makes sense to, to, uh, to spend money uh, to make job sites safer. Uh, what's your, what's your, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, this takes, takes it a little bit personal, and, and thanks for asking the question. My father was a silver miner in Mexico, and he died fr- from black lung. So I was adopted in the U.S., and what it always affected me was, What's it like to grow up without a dad? So when, when I hear of an accident, a fatality, it takes it to, the, to that next level. How are those children or child going to go through life the same way I did? Alone. You go to the parent-teacher conference, and if mom remarries, dad remarries, you don't look like the other parent. So it becomes a little psychological. It's a tough, tough situation. So one way that I thought about it is never give up. You're on the right track. Continue to share your gospel of how they need to see and take care of each of the end users for every craft. Yes, people tell me, you're crazy. You, you're putting more money in research and development. You know what? 
no perfect, no, there's no system that is perfect. Mm -hmm. Every system will forever be uh, reinvented, uh, refined, and I don't mind spending the money just for that reason that I always remember what was it like growing up with a single parent. Mm -hmm. It was tough. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I, I, I don't want to see other people do that. I think they can do it if we just try a little harder is where that empathy comes into play. Uh, that's one of my keywords that I have in my office everywhere. Empathy, mm -hmm. empathy, empathy, empathy. Mm -hmm. So that is one of the main reasons. You talked about the challenges of building the business, trying to figure out how to scale it up. Um, have you reached a level of, of, of sustained traction as far as, as acquisition of new customers and more installation of product in the field? Are you, are you, are you, on, are you on a good trajectory? Um, yes and no. Yes, that I am. My life is, is tremendously better, financially better. I'm able to do things for my kids that I was never able to do. I'm able mm -hmm. to travel, visit, uh, hire an engineer with confidence. No question in my mind. If the bill comes twenty, thirty thousand dollars, it's paid for. Not, mm -hmm. no problem. Am I ready to scale it to a, a, a higher direction? Absolutely. One of the questions that was asked of me by one of my old neighbors was, "Now that you got your first patent, what do you want out of it? Do you want the academia? Do you want?" Uh, do you want to just license it? Do you want to sell it for a large sum right now? And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. The reason being is because it is a safety device. It requires training. And some of the people that have wanted to buy me out, when you have those conversations, it's all about taking it overseas, making it go faster, and the numbers. Mm-hmm. I think I need to take it a little bit further. I need to educate more folks. And how do we achieve that? Hiring a team. So we are right. in the process of hiring the right team so that the message is consistent and steadily growing up. Mm -hmm. It can no longer be my customers recommend me to somebody else. They're walking the project. They need you here. They, they want to hear from you. You got an invitation to go to Canada. Can you come over to Canada? Can you come over to the East Coast? Yeah, I get invitations from South Korea, from Australia, from Mexico, from Peru. Yeah, everybody wants it. But I need to make sure I, I, I'm, I guess I'm also very patriotic. I want to take care of my own first. Mm -hmm. And the only way it's going to reach other markets is when I scale it. Hire the team that can travel. Hire the team that can uh Take care of those accounts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's 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 going in the right direction. Good. You know, some people say, "Oh, you you should just dump it and just get the money and run." Then do what? You know, you've, I'm sure you've heard people describe uh, you as, uh, among others, and and it's actually been used to describe me a bit as a person who's following your calling. Mm. Um, uh, and 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 that's the way it feels to me as you talk about it. It's the way it felt to me when I first chatted with you. Because again, what 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 seems to be most important is, is not simply the system, uh, but the fact that the system is something that that demonstrates uh, uh, caring about the people who are protected by it. 
um, uh, and who will not have to go home at the end of the day um, and find a one-parent household, uh, will not have to meet a person. So, uh, so what I'm what I'm so intrigued about, and that's why I wanted to get you on here to just to tell your story, uh, is that um, when we talk about what's really important in 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 life in general, uh, and certainly true in our industry, where safety. 20, 30 plus years ago was a word. Uh, it wasn't a set of regulations. It wasn't a set of practices. It wasn't a set of tools. It wasn't uh, specified protective equipment. It wasn't any of those things. Um, it's really in the last 10 to 15 years where it's taken on, you know, the, the role that it deserves. And that is that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the most important way of demonstrating that the employer who hires individuals to work on job sites has a basic fundamental level of caring expressed in the words you said earlier, but you hear all the time. And that is that I want my workers to go home in the same condition they came to work in this morning. And that all speaks to safety in terms of practices, awareness, but also, you know, tools and systems and other products that all aid trying to preserve the personal safety of individuals as well as the safety of a job site. And that's the place where you're having an impact just by the way you go about talking about your system and what it is. It's not just a system. Correct. What are your last thoughts about it? And I want you to share a couple of thoughts. I want you to share them both in English and in Spanish. So what are your thoughts about why our industry needs to continue to change and to continue to appreciate at a greater and greater rate, the importance of people and their safety? Mm, that's such a great question. You know, I believe that we need to continue to stay focused. Focus on the people, because the people are the ones that either make or break the company. The people are the ones that we're going to make our generation go another generation. So we all play a vital role. It's not just me. It's not just you. Are not the investors in the company. It's everybody. It goes around, just like the D-ring on my post, 360 degrees. It goes mm -hmm. in both directions. But it needs a base. Mm -hmm. And the base is the support of the industry. It can no longer be, it's expensive. It's not expensive. Expensive is when you have to go to court and defend yourself. Mm -hmm. You need people. And people are the company's more valuable assets. So protect them accordingly. Mm -hmm. Now, how would I say it in Spanish? Yeah. Todos somos estamos unidos. Somos un grupo de trabajadores que pertenecemos unidos. El contratista no es el único que dirige la operación. El trabajador dirige la operación porque es quien ha sido empleado para que haga la compañía crecer. La compañía crece cuando uno aplica lo que se le requiere. Si uno requiere eh, seguridad y se le presenta, uno tiene que compartir y cumplir. Porque si uno no cumple, entonces ya no somos una unidad. Y la unidad necesita una base. La base es que todos estemos bien fundados en la misma situación, 
con la misma visión, donde todos trabajamos, ganamos, lo mismo que el contratista, y todos regresamos a casa a diario. So espero que todos sigan ese recomendaje. I believe I said it. Muy bien. Gracias. Okay. Yes. So I've thoroughly enjoyed this very short conversation. I'm sure we'll talk again. And I appreciate what you do. And the words of my mentor, you do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. Thanks, Dennis. I do appreciate this opportunity. If anything, if I could just change one mind, my job is done. Yeah. That's all it takes. Yeah. Because that individual, I hope they do the same thing. If I could give somebody courage and educate the contractor just a little more. Yeah. Because, again, we all need each other. Yeah. I can say the two very large stakeholders in the construction industry, one being Kiwit and the other being the Carpenters Union, are going to be smiling ear to ear uh, as, they, as they listen to you sharing your story and mentioning them in an appropriate and positive way. So, again, thank you very much, and we'll see each other someplace again, I'm sure. Thank you. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a great show. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Softest Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at DennisDuranSpeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Softest Steel, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.